Burnley 2, Tottenham Hotspur 5. And that was a scoreline which probably flattered Vincent Company's team. Because make no mistake about it, it could have been even worse. Call it a reality check, call it a wake-up call, call it chickens coming home to roost. Whatever you want to call it, it was brutal. After a promising start with Lyle Foster giving the Clarets a lead, it was men against boys for large stretches of the game. Three matches into the Premier League season, Burnley are bottom of the league, three defeats, 11 goals conceded, a minus eight goal difference. It's not the kind of podcast we really wanted to be doing so early in the season, but if this is a reality check, then what is the reality? Here to discuss it, Andrew Greaves, Justin Connolly and Paul Woodhouse. Greavesy, where do we start? Um, I was going to say let's start with the positives because it probably won't last very long no, in that section. No. Uh, but Foster again, I mean, let's be honest. On, you can't start with the positives after. We, we've got to start somewhere. I think we're going to, there's plenty of negatives, but let's start with positives. Let's start in chronological order. Foster, who I have said on our WhatsApp group and on this podcast, will come good. He's now two goals in three games, consecutive games scored. And probably, even though we didn't, have, we didn't announce the man of the match yesterday, as is the way when you get a bit of a dick in. Um, I'm, I'm presuming Lyle Foster would have been man of the match again from a Burnley point of view, you know. Um, beyond that, Polly Offshore looks good, if a little bit Ian Moore-esque, shall we say. <laughs> runs a lot. He's got a bit more quality than Morrow, obviously. Sorry, sorry, Ian. Um, and then beyond that, it was literally, I would suggest, and I think you suggested, Simon, as bad a performance in that second half as we've seen under any manager since at least Brian Laws. I don't think that's been too unkind, is it, guys? Brian uh, Laws is Burnley beat Tottenham at home, as Woody pointed out to me the other day. And he didn't yeah, spend I, 100 million on his team either. But I, I honestly, if I recall, yeah. I honestly think it probably was that bad. But let, let's put it into a little bit of perspective in the sense that for the first 15 minutes, I was sat there thinking, we're brilliant here. This is, this, is, this is going really well. We are comfortably the best side. Um, obviously, when you go 1-0 up after, after four minutes, again, I agree with you, Greasy, completely. Uh, I, I, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the times in close season, we've been talking about how we need that central striker who's going to get you know 10 15 goals for us it looks like Lyle Foster might be that man actually you know he's got two already he could easily have had a third but he was denied by a quite a you know a, a pretty good save well those those first 15 minutes I was like sat there thinking oh everything's going to be okay now but I I what I the sense I got in the in the ground was that we got a bit carried away with it. We we thought we were better than we actually are, and we started rushing it. We started pushing for that second goal and committing more people forward, and then we just started giving the ball away. And I I, I don't know whether Spurs changed anything, whether they t- tweaked things tactically or, but we just started giving it away, and that invites the pressure. And then we're still committing men forward. Then you know they nick it off us and get a goal. And I, I, 
I think we were in trouble well before half time. I think the last 20, 25 minutes of that first half, they were well on top. Yeah. And I'm not surprised he made changes at half time. A lot of people were saying, oh, it was a bit premature that, but I thought we were, we were struggling well before that happened. I agree I we were was premature. Because I think I he just... made the wrong. Go on. Yeah, the wrong subs. I just, I, I looked at it, you know, and I saw Brownie warming up and I thought, yeah, brilliant. Get Brownie along, bit of energy. Sander Burge, as I said before we started recording, I mean, I've never seen anybody run out of gas as quick in my life than Sander Burge. Apart mean, from Josh Cullen. Well, yeah, I mean, Cullen's not got a lot of help in there, but Burge was brilliant for that first 15 minutes. And then after that, looked like, he just, he'd run out of energy. He just had no energy left. And he went back to that kind of laboured, everything we criticised him for against Villa, the kind of not able to get his foot in front of a, a pass, whatever it might be. So I kind of got that. But then when I saw Delcroix, Delcroix put his shirt on, on the pitch, and then ran back to the dressing room. So he was warming up, then all of a sudden, Delcroix's got his shirt on. So you think, right, he's coming on. So mm. I'm thinking to myself, well, he's going to take Alder Keel off. He's going to shift mm. Roberts back to right back, and Delcroix's going to play left back. Everything's all right. And it didn't, and he just, them changes just, I think, took the wind out of the sails. Not that we had much wind in them sails, and we weren't really progressing forward, but we needed a response like we had against Villa. We came out against Villa, got the goal, got it back to 2-1. If we'd have done that against Spurs, we'd have got ourselves on an even keel. But, I mean, I, I agree with Simon and, and what you said. I think we were we were in trouble well before that. I mean, that first song goal is unforgivable. Mm. You know, I've just watched it back. And how O'Shea gets mm-hmm. dragged towards the ball. Mm. It is, on the, on the day, I'm thinking to myself, what? How the hell have you not realised that Son's continued his run into the box? You don't need mm. two defenders going towards Solomon. You know, I, I just it's inexplicable that as a defender you would commit that kind of amateur. I mean, it's Tim Pot too, isn't it? I mean, it was just you know, and it was earlier in that half or maybe just after that we're pissing about with the ball at the back, playing it along the back line, and he doesn't know where the byline is. Yeah, and yeah, it goes out for it goes out for a corner. And you think to yourself, yeah. stop messing about with it. You know, we're starting about, and then all of a sudden, every time we try and it's that little dink, Trafford, it's that little dink over the top to one of well to Roberts, and we give the possession away, and you're just mm. not giving yourself a chance. But for me, it kind of showed a distinct lack of confidence in playing that particular style, or they haven't quite got used to the way that they need to be able to play. Trafford still seems to be playing like percentage balls. It got halfway through the second half, uh, the first half. We thought, well, we'll try and play keep ball here just by dinking it out to Roberts on the left and hopefully that coming inside to Berger and it wasn't working. And then they were pulling us out of shape and then he was trying to dink it a little bit longer, you know, a little a, a little soft long ball to uh, to Foster and that wasn't working. And that's where everything seemed to be compounding and coming straight back. But between that little bit of naivete and some absolutely shocking defending in between, you know, it was uh, it was hiding on to nothing because they weren't five two better than us. They were better than us without a shadow of a doubt. But we definitely made them look better than us. You know, just a space given to people. I mean, 
Mm. You know, Son, Son's got all day to take that nice little chip, and it's a lovely finish. But as you said, the 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 defending to just leave him in space. But also, even the start of the move, a simple long ball over the top, and that line is so high. Well, you know, you can play that that high line if you know how to play it, but they obviously don't um, because you know, just a simple ball over the top, and we're in big trouble. Um, that shouldn't be happening. And then. You know, I mean, the, the the later goals, the space. I mean, it's a, it's a lovely finish again from Madison. But I mean, you watch it back, and it's just how it's it's just training ground stuff for Madison. Is that you know, mm. and and you know, you can talk about systems. I, I keep hearing people talking about all oh, the system and company's way and all that kind of stuff. This is really basic stuff. This is really basic. You know, exactly. not ball watching, not mm-hmm. ball watching, not leaving people in acres of space and you know that that worries me far more than if it was a system thing if it was just simply a case of like well you know we need to shore up this or we need to shore up there or you know change the formation slightly it's 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 basic stuff like that that really leaves me worried so are we saying that the players aren't good enough then yet i don't think they are i don't think they are Hmm. i think i think there's a problem with the recruitment Mm. I'm not convinced it's the recruitment. I'll be I'll be really honest. I know you've been quite kind of you know, you mentioned um you know, you mentioned Forest and how they'd recruit for the Premier League and somebody has pointed out that actually what did they get? I can't remember how many they get kind of six points in their first eleven games or something like that. I, I think it's you know, it's it's revolution rather than evolution. I mean, we mm. looked a lot better when Brownhill and Cork were on the pitch. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, both of those should start. But I don't think the recruitment, it is the system that is wrong. You know what I mean? In what, why would you, and we've had this debate about Taylor, but why would you against a team like Spurs have so many players playing out of position in a back line? Why would you put Roberts at left back and Aldekiel as right back and then switch it so that Audi Keel is then a right wing back and you bring Delquart. You know, that is that is the where the naivety is. I, the recruitment, I don't think he's an issue. You know, I think I think fitness is an issue, for one. And I, I, I we look very, very unfit. You look at Bissouma and Saar in the middle of the Spurs. You know, I, I happen to think they're probably two of the best central midfield. That's probably one of the best centre midfield pairings in the Premier League. Hmm. But they will run and run and run all day and they'll know when to spend energy, when to save energy. But for me, the fitness levels is a big issue. And when you bring Which, players how, in... How can it be an issue, though? I mean, well, it's, it's when you bring players when we in. Come back, we come back from training before anybody else, presumably so we can hit the ground running and we don't have that early season, you know, building up the fitness like... Like, you know, you could say that City usually have, right? City usually start off a little bit slow because they're not quite into the rhythm of it and they know they've got a season with, like, Champions League in March and all that kind of stuff. We've come in early to get pre-season done and look unfit. I mean, yeah, that's... A lot of the players, a lot of the players who, who took to the field yes, on, on uh, Saturday, though, they weren't there then, were they? You know, there, there are a lot of them who've come in since. You know, we talk, we're talking about Delqua, Brun Larson, all those sorts of, sort of new new players. They've not had that pre-season with us, have they? So 
I don't know. It, to me, to me, it was to me it was the the big problem was in the middle of the park fitness wise. I thought I saw Josh Cullen chugging back when, when there'd been a turnover of play and and really not even getting close, not not anywhere near, and almost 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 giving up on it really. I mean, I'm not saying he was giving up. I just don't think he's got the engine or the speed to do that. He needs some. He's a great player and, and he's good at what he does, but he needs someone next to him who's who's gonna who's gonna do that cover work when we get turned over, especially if we're going to commit so many so many players forward. It is suicide. That's the that's the problem. It's suicide to play like that. I mean, you know, to just have him and Burge in midfield. And then try and play kind of a front three or whatever it is. It, it, you've got to sacrifice something. I actually thought first off with Goodmanson because Goodmanson can drop in and he works hard and he's not, you know, Collie Offshore. Him getting back is a bit of an issue. You know, I think he's a great player mm. going forward. He, he showed brilliant strength for the goal. He showed a couple of other flashes, but it is that when we were hitting that ball to Foster, Foster. I think I saw somewhere one kind of seven out of nine of his aerial duels. But the mm. problem is then when you've retreated so far back, you don't have the energy to get up and support Foster that, you know, as a midfield. So the imbalance that we've talked about is there, but it is the decision-making. You remember when Mickey Phelan talked about decision-making, the Premier League players make better decisions. You know, the top Premier mm. League players make better decisions. And I love, I mean, Alder Keel, but he was... He was on hiding for nothing, and nothing he touched went right. It reminds me of me on a Sunday sometimes when I've had you know fifteen pints a night before, and I get up late and I think, <laughs> shit, I've got five aside, or you know, he, he literally everything he touched turned to shit. He's not a right you know? back though, is he? Of course he isn't. Exactly. So why is he being asked to do that job? But O'Shea's mm. a right back apparently. Hasn't O'Shea played for West Brom at right back? Not totally so not convinced he... by him either. I have to say, I, he, well, he's, distribution's he's not great. Worse. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, those it's little just... things were pointed out about the City game with the defending, which seemed like nitpicky and harsh at the time because Haaland was such, you know, there were such good finishes from Haaland. But he's done that in every game. You know, that, that backing yeah. away or going to the wrong place, you know, it, it is decision-making. Now, company says, oh, these are easier to fix than not creating chances. Yeah, I saw that. But looking at this squad, that looks the diff- most difficult thing to fix. I can, I can, I can, uh, I can easily see us playing another game where we produce more than that twenty minutes of good football in attack because there are there are bright things there. Yeah, I mean, hmm. you know, Foster's obviously been talked about. Amdouni has moments where he looks, and you know, the shot he had that wasn't far away, and he has little bright moments. Um, I, I think it's a luxury, to be honest, to be playing against top six sides with a yeah, centre forward, two wingers, and a guy operating as a as a deep line second striker, which is kind of what he's he's doing. Yeah, leaving us with two midfielders. I think that's the fundamental problem with the structure of the side. But yeah, but but you know, you think well, you know, I mean, Kolyoshu is raw. Um, he runs at people. He's got that sort of positive naivety everyone keeps using the word naive about Burnley at the moment there's a positive naivety in, in him thinking I'm just going to run at this guy and see if I can get past him and and half the time he doesn't but when he does it, it can create a goal scoring opportunity so that's great but 
the the defensive side of it, I just don't think they're good enough defenders. And this is where my problem is with the recruitment, you know. And yeah. I, and, I, and the midfield, yeah. I don't think the midfield is good enough. I don't think Josh Cullen at this level is going to be the same player he was in the championship. The metronome dictating tempo and all the rest of it. He wants to. But I think you can go. You can build stuff around that, though. I mean, I, I think Bear absolutely. I think he's good enough. But I mean, if Bear was. 75% fit on Saturday I'd I'd you know I'd be surprised because mm. he did not look fit he did not every time he went into a challenge I half expected him to be waving towards the bench because he just did not look fit enough I was surprised because I'd been told it was going to be after the international break before he'd be fit enough to play and possibly even into kind of late September early October so I fear that we've rushed him back when again you know you could have solved the issue by having Audi Keel and O'Shea at centre half, playing Charlie Taylor at left back and Connor Roberts at right back. You could have absolutely solved all your defensive issues without having to put square pegs in round holes. Now, you know, he will I, I have one hundred percent faith that Vincent Company will will get it right. He's a pragmatic guy, he's an intelligent guy, and I'm in no way being critical of what he's trying to do because I think it's the right thing. I think the model's right. And I think once we get into the season and, you know, we've perhaps taken a couple more hidings, you know, we will be there or thereabouts and it will come good. The problem we've got is that his team selections at the minute are just, they're so experimental in their nature mm. that it just... It's, I think that back that back line is just confusing. I think I think the players are confused. I mean, there were a point in the second half when Delcour and Roberts went for the same ball, and it didn't. Neither of them really got close to it, and luckily Delcour got back. You know, there's there's a confusion there, and I think that comes from the goalkeeper. Let's be honest. You know, for his own good, he probably needs taking out the firing line. He's, he's conceded 11 goals in three games. But I don't think there's any confidence in that that back four, five, six, if you include the goalkeeper, within mm. themselves. You know, there's this kind of, we're having to play. Them playing it out the back on Saturday reminded me of Blackburn Rovers trying to play it out the back against us at Turf Moor back in November. Ooh. In that they were not good enough to be you know, not good enough to be, or not confident enough to be good enough at doing it. And that was, yeah. you know, that's where John Dahl Thomason's team came unstuck at Turf Moor, is they were insisting on keep playing out from the back. We saw it with Norwich last season. We've seen it with other teams in the Premier League who come up with that philosophy that they tried to, you know, that they... It's very Norwich. You're right. It's very Norwich two years it ago. It just feels that, yeah. you know, it's naivety, which is great. But it's naivety. You can snap out of it. You can kind of go, you know what? We just need to be pragmatic. We just need you, to, you know, go away and, and try something different. You can, you can, but when Sam is talking about the recruitment, I don't think he's talking about this. But we we are playing a back four with two players out of position who who who, who haven't succeeded in those roles. And the reason we've had to do that is because we haven't got a left back that company trusts. Obviously, he doesn't fancy Charlie Taylor for whatever reason. There's no know. point talking about it anymore, is there? He, no, there, really, there isn't. He just doesn't now. Doesn't feature for him. He doesn't fancy him, so fine. But we need somebody who can play there because we're playing now that sort of stopgap 
as we've said before, square pegs in round holes set up that you might do, you know, when you're waist deep in February in suspensions and 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 injuries. Uh, but that we're not covering injuries, we're not covering suspensions. This is our squad. This is what we've got to play with. And if he's going to play, be playing Roberts at left back and Alderkeel at right back, well, they they are not going to perform in in that position to the level that they need to because they don't. You know, <laughs> that's not where they play. Alderkeel isn't a right back. I think we found out he's not perhaps as quick as we thought he was yet on Saturday. I think he was beaten for pace a couple of times. He's a central defender. That's where he's played. That's where he's that's where he's done well for us before. Um, Roberts is a right back, you know, a lot of the trouble we had came down that side where he should have been, but wasn't there because he was shipped over to the other side. I know a lot of people say that they don't think he's quite up to it either, but, you know, he's better off playing where he's used to playing and, 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 and doing what he's used to doing, but it's a squad, it's a squad problem. So the recruitment problems that, that, that I would point to is, not filling those gaps, you know. I mean, I know we've not talked about the transfer window yet, have we? But I, I know it seemed like we were making a last ditch bid for Matson. But if we are, if we are serious people <laughs> about doing and doing a serious job, we don't leave. We don't leave that to the last minute. We don't. We don't leave a massive gaping hole in our squad Absolutely. like that. We fill it. You know, and if we and 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 if if Matson doesn't want to come, we know about it well before Friday, and do something else, do something about it. But I, I, it, it's 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 baffling to me how that's been allowed to happen. It is baffling, and like I'm going to take take issue with this word naivety that people keep using, um, because naivety implies a lack of knowledge a lack of understanding of the situation. I don't think that's the case. I think the problem is here is arrogance, I think. And I know mm. that's, that's quite a strong word to use, but I think to, to be somebody who's played in the Premier League at the level company has and has worked alongside Pep Guardiola and think that you can start a season, start a season with a squad exactly as you've just described, Justin, with with oh it's it'll be right we'll play we'll play Connor Roberts at left back and we'll we'll, we'll turn Aldo Keeley into a fullback. Pep's done stuff like that, but he's done stuff like that with John Stones, where he said, "All right, I'll play John <laughs> Stones at right back." Right, he's one of the best defenders in the league. Who he's played mm. in midfield sometimes. That's fine. It's not he's not Connor Roberts mm. or Aldo Keeley, you know. And 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 to, to to go into it and think what what possible logic could there have been for what was done in the transfer window about the left back the only logic is he thought i want martin or no one else that's the only possible logic otherwise there would have been other people there unless we don't know that they bid for six other left backs and got turned down for them if, if that's the case then there's an even deeper problem with the recruitment because they're not targeting realistic options but mm. if if I, I think the system as well company knows he's playing with two people in central midfield against a team like Spurs or Villa or, or Manchester City. That's not naivety. That, that, I think that's arrogance. I think him thinking this can happen. And I think there's a whole thing. I think the fans have been caught up in it as well because so many things worked last year. The assumption is we'll try these things and they'll come good. They'll come good because they came good last year. I keep hearing this over and over and over again from people 
And there's no guarantees with any of it because this is the big boys league. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Exactly. And we'll be eight games in. We've got eight games less to get it right than we had in the championship. They're not a bunch of muppets. Mm. We've We've been shown... We've been shown what this league is all about. And probably, even though we're only in it two years ago, it's been a scary little eye-opener, these first three games. You know, we even thought that maybe Tottenham, there might have been something there before uh, before they had a change of manager and Kane disappearing. But no, they've shown us they're as clinical as anybody else. You know, same mistakes against City, Villa, and now Tottenham. The difference between, obviously, Pep, and us is that Pep gets to dick about with them for 18 months, teaching them how to play in a specific inverted way. And if they can't do it, they can fuck off, as with Kyle Walker, you know. And it's and he's got the luxury of being able to do all of this kind of crap for at least 18 months behind the scenes without going, oh, I'll sign this geezer, let's throw him in straight away and see how we see how he floats, you know. And that's yeah. where that's where it seems a little bit off to me. Pep's got two teams of world-class players, hasn't he? So he can yeah. he can afford to do that. But we we haven't got we definitely haven't got two two teams of world-class players, have we? I don't know. It just it, it, the naivety I think people talk about is this is it's it's this idea that we can throw so many men forward and deal with it when it's turned over, and that's where that's I think that's where we're lacking. We're lacking those those really mobile, f- quick central midfielders. We talked about Lukonga, didn't we? He was that player who was going to sit behind, be, beside Cullen and be the one who can get back and cover when things get turned over. At the moment, we're sitting there with these two players in the midfield. It's Berger and Cullen. Uh, Goodmanson was in. I, they, they seem to sort of ad- adopt a more sort of pragmatic four three three setup. Early in that game, obviously that evolved as the game went on. So obviously, obviously, companies thinking we haven't got the numbers in that midfield, or we haven't got the mobility in that midfield. So we need a bit of extra. But we've, when you look at it, we've got Berger, Cullen, and Goodmanson as our central midfield trio. Now, I, it's hard to imagine that that's what we planned, isn't it? It's hard to imagine that that's that, those are the three that we're going to stick in there to go up against, you know, like as you said, Greasy, Spurs midfield is is perhaps amongst the most dynamic that we're going to come come across. But everybody's got those players, haven't they? Everybody's got those those players who can who can get back and cover. We're got. It's like I think you said it, Sam. It's, it really does feel like boys against men in there, and that's where it's that's where we're losing these games. I mean, I don't know what companies. You see, it's, when you you talk about arrogance, but when you, when you come out after a game and say, "Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about this," because it's really easy to stop people scoring goals. It's really easy to <laughs> yeah. to, to tighten up the defense. Well, with three games in with eleven goals in in the onion bag, when are you going to do it? Now international break is going to be working on the defensive side. You've got to be hoping, but I mean, my my problem with that is you you you've highlighted a really good point there in the midfield. I watched uh, Sheffield United Everton yesterday, um, and they've got a lot of strong lads in midfield, both sides. You know, people like mm-hmm. Dakar and 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 so on. All these teams in the Premier League have a strong physical presence in the midfield. Players who are athletic, who get about. They're not, 
this this expression holding midfielder or city midfielder they don't really exist like that anymore do they they're, they're, they're built like center offs and they're all over the midfield breaking things up muscling about and then and then bursting forward we don't have any players at all like that but the problem is we can we, the comfort we can all take is look it's been Manchester City, the best team in the world. Villa, well, let's put a little asterisk next to that because we all told ourselves how brilliant <laughs> they were uh, last week. But yeah. they got hammered by Newcastle and and they got hammered again by Liverpool. So, you know, they're not top four. But uh, Tottenham are a good side as well. So it's been a tough start and, and we can all take some comfort in that there's going to be a lot easier games than these three games. Mm. But there's still going to be games against teams like Everton and Sheffield United, who on the on the basis of what I saw yesterday from Burnley and from those two, will bully us in midfield again mm. if we if we keep setting up like this. And the problem I've got with the recruitment side of it is, I'm not sure what we do with the midfield to resolve that lack of physicality. We look a lightweight team all the way through, to be honest. I do wonder whether the kind of you know. The midfield is almost, I think, I think he thinks we're going to be kind of, you know, we're, we're going to be going down the sides. We're going down the wings, which is where most of our play comes from. We never go, we very rarely go through the middle, do we? Let's be honest. You know, Berg's contribution of Forrest is probably the only time we've kind of come central through. So I do wonder whether he's kind of thinking, you know, the midfield actually it wasn't an area that we need. I mean, oh, clearly not with the amount of wingers we signed, but it, it, I, I absolutely agree with you, Simon. I, I also, I watched the first kind of half of the Everton Sheffield United game and, you know, you look at them and kind of go, you know what, the, the way we play going forward will absolutely tear teams like that apart. But the problem is, is that the, if we play high line against them, they'll take control. You know, you know Woods and things like that will just ping them balls over the top, you know, and bypass that midfield. So I agree, you know, but it again comes down to systems. I think, you know, you stick a Josh Brownell alongside a Cullen with a third central midfielder because to play a front four is absolute suicide. I think we all agree. Mm. You know, to play two wingers, a number 10 and a striker is suicide. You you are, you're not Man United, you know, you're not Man City, sorry. You're not Spurs. You know, so that's how Spurs play, isn't it? They play two city midfielders, then you've got Madison, you've got Solomon, you've got somebody else, then you've got Son. And it works for them because their two midfielders can just move like crab side to side, break up play, split it up joining etc etc we've not got that midfield so we need a we really need a 4-3-2-1 if that's what we're going to be you know if, if, if that's what we're insisting on but it's got to be a midfield three just to can, counter out kind of counteract that that physical battle because in every single game our midfield has been bullied it's been outnumbered and i absolutely get you know extenuating circumstances it's man city it's spurs it's villa no problem with that, you know, better players, better budgets, etc. But if you're not trying to set yourself up to at least frustrate, like we did under Sean, you know, under Sean Dice, we set yeah, up to frustrate yeah. sometimes, and it was frustrating. And a mate of mine who's not a Burnley fan says, you just need to be dull. You need to be dull for the next four or five matches, grind out results, get a point at Forest. You mm. know, that's not going to be easy. Try and get something against United, arguably. The easiest of the first five fixtures, given how bad they are at times. But not, you know, 
I'm joking, not a given, you know, but it's about being dull. And you can kind of, somebody went, well, at least we've got Spurs, Villa and City out the way. Yeah, great. We have to go away and play them now. I'd have been a lot happier if we'd have had some weird, you know, <laughs> run of three away games thinking, well, actually, we've visited the Etihad, Villa Park and Spurs. That's fine. We've got them out of the way. But three of our 19 home games have now gone. The fourth is against Man United. You know, if you're looking to win your home games or get something positive from your home games and pick up the odd result away, a quarter of the season is almost gone at home. And we've got Zip Nada. So far, what, if we play that, that we play way. that high line against Marcus Rashford, we'll be in trouble. Exactly, yeah. And <laughs> Hoyland came on today. The the mm. new lad came on today, and he he was starting to bully the Arsenal defence before Arsenal mm. kind of you know got their two late goals. You know, that's the problem. It's not just the speed; it's a physicality. That's I a mean, big problem. you know, at the back, you know, I I don't think Ekdal's the quickest, but I think Ekdal's probably one of the strongest of that them them kind of defenders that we've got at his disposal. You know. Mm. But it's just, yeah, bare unfit, completely unfit for me. Just wasn't fit enough to play that game uh, yesterday, uh, on Saturday. You know, not, not, you know, didn't need to rush him back. We had a, we've got a left back who played midweek, was part of a team that kept a clean sheet against a, a fellow Premier League team. And I grant you, you know, it, it was close to what Forrest might put out, but not exactly. We're just architects of his own misfortune. You know, and we're not. As soon as you start a match, you just kind of go, "What mm. we, what we, what we getting out of this?" Because of the way we're set up, you know, you can't out Spurs Spurs because you've not got the players. You can't out Villa Villa because you've not got the players. You can't out City City because you've not got the players. You know, that's the problem. You've got to set up with what you've got, and we've what, got people there. I think what we have got though, and and this I I mentioned this in the WhatsApp group. We've got pace up front. To me, to me, the squad would lend itself more to a, a sort of counter-attacking style to than than this sort of high press, because I know I know you say we've been uh, bullied in midfield, but to me, it's more a question of of pace of of being able to keep up with the pace of the game when you get a turnover. If we're committing five players forward, they nick the ball. If you've got Josh Cullen is is your man to to get back and cover that, he's not going to get there. Yeah. He's just not going to get there. So you know, a, a, a back four. We've got Collio Show is like we say a raw talent, but and he has, but he has produced. He produced, you know, he produced on on Saturday. That that yeah. that that he absolutely skinned that guy, didn't he? And 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 I was thinking that is what we brought him for for that pace. Foster is quick. Foster outpaced their their a couple of their uh, centre halves a couple of times to get in, and uh, you know he, he he could have had a second goal. Sit back, uh, you know we we we've got we've got a solid group of good defenders. We can you know we sh- I, I did I did think at times on Saturday that um, when they had a lot of the ball, we, we did we did defend in a. It reminded me of. Um, of the Sean Dyche days where it was all that last ditch sort of blocks and, you know, they had quite a lot of the ball and we did manage to keep them out. We can do that and then hit them on the break. No, no team in, in the Premier League is, 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 is going to be comfortable against the kind of pace we've got up front. So why not, 
exploit that and, and and play to that strength rather than you know expose our weaknesses which it seems like we set up to do now just to sort of say well we've not you know we haven't got that pace and that dynamism in the middle of the park so we can't really play that kind of high pressing game because when it's turned over it's a chance it's literally a chance every time yeah <laughs> you know it's a turnover you should not be losing the ball as much as we're losing it without them applying you know half the time we're not they're not applying pressure we're pinging Mm. a ball out to Roberts who's got a guy you know 10 yards away from him coming in and then he's having to turn back because it's on his wrong foot and we're going back and then by that point we're five yards from the goal line and we're going sideways and we're going sideways again like I say at one point when the ball went out because O'Shea had lost his position, he weren't sure where the byline was. That should have said to you, you know what? I'd say we're faffing about with it far too much across this back line because all of a sudden Spurs then have five players sat within 18 yards of our goal. They've got the three forward, you know, the three forward midfielders, Basuma and Osar and Son. And it looks mm. good because you think, oh, look at them, we're, we're, we're dinking it over. But the problem is, is we're just we're setting ourselves up to lose the ball in our third. And then mm. we're not getting it back. You know, City can do that. I watched United today and the United goalkeeper, I'm not, I can't work out whether I'm convinced by him or not. But they play it, you know, and it, we get this with Murich. You've got to have light and shade. Sometimes you've just got to look, and we talked about it last week, Collie Osho, again, he's there and he's like, right, just hit me. Get me into that grass that I can run into. But instead, because we've not got the confidence and perhaps because Trafford's range of passing isn't as pinpoint, and when it goes long, we do lose some of that, It just we're, we're just allowing teams to swamp us. Simon used the word swamped when he was talking about Josh Cullen. That's what it feels like. At, at times, I had to start looking to make sure Spurs didn't have a 12th man on the pitch because that's what it looked like. It looked like... Whatever area of the field we were in, there were always one more player than I could believe was in there from Spurs. And that's because we're not, we're, we're making bad decisions after bad decisions. You know, trying to put it out to Alder Keel right on the byline. How many times did he lose the ball on the byline because the ball had come out to him from the back line, from the keeper mm. or from Bayer stood six, yard, six yards from his own byline. So we go, right, we're going to chip it out to Aldekiel, Aldekiel's uncomfortable at right back. Spurs have two players there. We lost it for the Madison goal. You know, Madison just wandered into his space. Lovely finish. You know, the ball behind, how Son gets in for his hat-trick, I don't know. He's tracked by two players. Ball over the top, gets behind. We've talked about the first goal. Bayer doesn't arrive back in the 18-yard box until that ball's in the back of the net after Son's lifted it over James Trafford. Again, brilliant finish. But you just cannot, cannot, cannot continue to give balls away, to play a high line and to let players get beyond you. You just cannot do it, you know. And it's just, if you're not going to learn from it, you, you, you literally, you're setting yourself up every single game. You know, company talks a lot about setting, setting up to win every game. You know, that's what you got. I, you know, he's setting up to, well, we've set ourselves up through decision-making, through selection to not even give us a chance of winning a game, let alone actually winning a a game of football. It makes you appreciate 
what Dash did in a certain way, doesn't it? Because he obviously knew, because he wasn't arrogant in that sense, and he wasn't naive, he knew that he was up against better players, 11 better players up against his team every week, and he had to find a way to somehow level the playing field through something. And usually that was organisation and shape and and doggedness and work rate and all those sort of things. Um, if we could somehow get that in the back two-thirds of our team and then have that counter-attacking pace that Justin's talking about, you know, that, then we might have a chance. But the the problem is we don't have we don't have those kind of players. I don't think. And the team. This is this is my real real worry about this team is, um, if you can, we went through really bad spells under Dash and came through them because they were a bunch of lads who'd been together for a few years, knew each other, had a team spirit. The club and, and the team had an identity. And we don't have that now, I don't think. What I'm afraid of is that, we, you know, the, the way the heads went down in that second half against Spurs was shocking. And if that is a sign of things to come, that's, that's really worrying because, you know, there is no identity to this team. It, it's, it's a collection of players thrown together. It could easily be an Anderlecht team. It could be a championship team. It's not a Premier League team that's been through the wars together like we used to have. So we're talking about a totally different situation. Can something, I'll throw this over there to everyone now then, we talk about can something be salvaged from, in my opinion, a bad recruitment, an incomplete recruitment, let's put it that way, a very incomplete recruitment. What can be salvaged from it? Do you, you know, if you're talking about playing three players in midfield, who are those three then? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think I think Greasy said it said it before. It's a back to basic situation, isn't it? We need to take stock of where we are and what we're trying to achieve, and we need to we need to shore things up. We need to um, we need to solidify that backline, puzzle out who who what is our best defensive situation. We we know already from the first three games that we have got players who can worry opposition defenders. We have got, got that. Um, but it's no good. It, it's no good having those players. If you're going to concede three, five goals uh, every game. Um, so it, it, I, I think it's a little bit of a rethink on both the sort of formation and the strategy. Um, you know, it, like you, like you say, Simon, if we go, if we play like, if we play like we played against Spurs against United, they're just going to rip us to shreds, aren't they? I don't, I, I, I can't, I don't, I don't even re- really want to want to think about it. I mean, but I think we'll struggle. I think we'll struggle against most teams in the Premier League playing that way. I, I, I think I said early on after watching us play against City, um, that 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 kind of aggressive press, a lot of teams won't be able to deal with. I, I think a lot of these sort of teams that you think of as being the lesser teams are a lot more sophisticated than we were, they were last time we were in the Premier League. Yeah, and I think I think that they will see what we're trying to do and they will develop a strategy to deal with it. I just think we need to shore things up at the back, stop conceding so many goals, and see where those where that 
where that attacking talent can take us um, if we if we lay down, uh, you know, a foundation that they can build on. For me, Brownie has to start playing in a midfield three. That mm. that for me is like the first. He's the energy. He is Brownie was the energy. I mean, that's that's. Oh. Yeah. And the experience you know, industry. Yeah. Mm. It's not rocket science, is it? I mean, like I say, yeah, you know what? I don't think Burgess is fully fit. You know, he's not company fit to kind of reference uh, Sean Dyche fit. I think there is something in that. To play the company system, you need to be really, really, really fit. And it is, it's, like I said, there's no real, I, I can't find any reason as to why Burge was, was knackered after 25 minutes. You know, it's just weird. So, Brownell brings the energy. He brings a kind of, you know, he is that kind of older head in there. I think my midfield three, and again, this is kind of, you know, throwing it out there. I agree 100%. It's got to be Brownell. It's got to be Cullen for me, because I think if you get the system right around Cullen, then he becomes really effective. And then, you know, I've read a few scouting reports on Masengo, you know, you almost kind of right. You know what? If you want somebody who is a bit like Sander Burst, he can break the lines, he can carry the ball. You know, a bit like your Laconga. You know, he's essentially that kind of player. But actually, has a bit of bit of nous in terms of dropping back into a two. That's that'd be my midfield three. You know, I also then think you know you've got your Foster up front, and then one of your two who you then decide to play as kind of wide forwards, if that's what we're going to do. One of them has to have the ability to drop back into midfield. So you play Johan, simple as that. You play Johan Goodmanson to drop back in, to make it almost a central four. So you go, it's essentially 4-3-2-1 or 4-3-3 if you really want when you're in possession, but it then becomes a 4-4-2, very narrow 4-4-2 in terms of crowding that central area, or you might have two banks of two, you know, so you have two who just sit behind the defence, two in front of them. So one of your wingers then has to be a Redmond, who's who's decent enough at coming inside and sitting, or a Johan for me. I mean, you know, he showed it last season, that ability to yeah. play in the middle of the park, which then means you then have one of Osho and Amdune alongside just off number 10, out wide, whatever, alongside Foster, who's, who at the minute has got to be the first name on the team sheet. Mm. Agreed. And that, and that leaves, way, out, you've got that that leaves out Zorori, Benson, um, <laughs> of Wilfred, does, yeah. um, I'm Fredor. I'm doing yeah, it. Leaves out one of them, I mean, all maybe... these players we've signed instead of yeah. strong central midfielders and <laughs> fullbacks. But the method there, the, the method behind the madness for me then is kind of, you know, if you're playing that, you can then absolutely just you, you just beast an Amdune or a Kolyosho, you know, you knack them out in sixty minutes. You know, that's that all they have to do is play sixty minutes, and then you bring on a Benson or a Zorori. You know, oh, yeah. that's that's the thing. You, it, there's nothing. Right, it'd have to be, wouldn't it? But I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, but that's I think that's that is what company wants. Company will want to use four wingers per game. I mean, on Saturday we used uh, Brun Larson, Goodmanson. Redmond, Kolyosho, we use four wingers. I've got no problem with him using his substitutions. But the problem is, you know, we said on Saturday, the first thing you've got to do is not concede inside 10 minutes. Mission accomplished. We went one better and we scored inside 10 minutes. So we, we've learned to a certain degree. Now, we've got to keep learning. It is a learning curve. 
we will stay up. I, I can tell you now, we will stay up. And I can tell you now, we will start to surprise people, you know, but it has to, you know, JJ Watt posted that quote last night. It's one of my favourite quotes. You never lose, you only have a win or you learn. We've got to start learning because we're not winning. And if you can't <laughs> lose, if the only thing you can do when you don't win is learn, we've got to start learning. You know, it's a bit more brutal than Ra Ra though, is JJ. There's a really good there's a really good uh, video clip, like a YouTube short of JJ Watt on the training ground in preseason with the Arizona Cardinals, where the young wide receiver uh, he's got his head down a bit because he just dropped a catch. And uh, he said to him, What's up with you? And he said, Oh, I just I just dropped it. And he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, catching the balls a, a bit in your job description there (laughs) and he then goes on and says the nice stuff about you know the only one thing you can do is catch the next one and all all, you know he's very good at all that kind of stuff but he's also right to make the brutal point out that should be being brutally pointed out to people like Aldaquila O'Shea that yeah yeah stopping goals is 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 kind of in your job description but we've just got to I mean you've got to learn from it and the minute we're not learning because if we'd have learnt from it, we'd have gone, hang on a minute, playing a left back, playing a right back at left back, you know, and not, you know, and not playing a right back at right back. That means you've got two of your main four positions in the defence, which have people who are not used to playing there. You Quickly know? on and the like transfer say, window then, though. Like, I mean, we're talking about, you know, square pegs in round holes because of, of the, the recruitment. When we had Sasha on, we were told about how we have 30 options for every position we make offers left right and center and then we pick out the ones that we want in this in this very sophisticated clever manner we've ended up with 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 no cover right back for roberts no left back at all um and and quite a few other areas that we spent about 10 episodes of this podcast saying that we needed to fill (laughs) unfilled i mean it started off really well, the window. I mean, Woody, do you think do you think in the end it was like a partially accomplished window or unaccomplished, or how would you rate it? It's a weird one, isn't it? It was like before Thursday, Friday, if we'd have signed the people that we were talking about signing, the positions that we're talking about signing, we were saying a definite strong 8, 9, maybe even a 10 out of 10. However, you then don't sign those positions, you only bring in Trezor and you see what he then does the following Saturday and it takes it down to a five or a six. It's completely changed the outlook of what we've done in the transfer market. You know, either we needed a left back or we fucking didn't. You know, it's either or. And we all kind of know that with the last kind of 120 minutes of football, we've needed a left back and we haven't got a left back. And so whatever Sasha was saying about having... 30 additional left-backs to go at was obviously bullshit because this isn't the first time Matson's actually turned us down. You know, he was just this time on TikTok laughing at us about it. That was the only slight difference this time around. So I, 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 re- I really don't know what, what's going on there, what's happening there, but wherever we're going to drag one from, everybody's going to be out of position and it's just going to look silly moving forwards. That's that J J what brutality that you were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, when I um, went to American, I do apologise. Yeah, we I can mean, still sign say... free agents, can't we? There's a few free agents out there that are available that we can still uh, 
It's I, had, it's, I, had a, I had a look on transfer marks at free agent left backs this morning, actually. <laughs> Ryan Bertrand. It's Ryan not Bertrand, a great list. Go. I was going to say, is Joe, Jack, is Joe Jacob still alive? Danny Rose is on there. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe. Decent. Decent. The most of these players haven't played. I thought Ryan Bertrand, yeah, oh, great. Didn't play a single game last season. I think Danny Rose. So how fit same, how fit is he going to be? You know what I mean. But I mean, what I would say about Matson is he's been pretty consistent all the way through this transfer window, saying that he wants to stay at Chelsea and fight for his place. You know, and if he's happy getting twelve thirty minutes a game, then fair play to him. He's earned mm. his chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the video you were referencing, I'm I'm not. A lot of people have taken an issue with it. I don't think he's. You know, it is what it is. But it's no, just agree. that that desperate. You know, would you pay thirty-one point five million for Ian Matson as well? That's the other, let's not be, you know, that's the other option. Into you know, that's the other question. Would you pay thirty thirty-one point five million? No, probably not. So that does suggest that that and the central midfield slot are the two for me, which we did not address. You know, we thought we had Laconga, then something happened with that, and we were linked with a few, but we weren't really linked, and you know, by all accounts. We had a sniff at Calvin Phillips and he turned us down like he's turned down everybody else. We kind of went for Eric Dyer and we had a couple of nibbles at that by all accounts. But Spurs thought that Bayern were going to come in for him, I heard, and they were going to get a much bigger loan fee from Bayern. And if he went to Bayern, they wouldn't have to pay a, a bonus for seeing out his contract. So, you know, we, we tried. We definitely tried on that score. Um, but it almost felt kind of with Matson that, for whatever reason, either the options just disappeared on the last minute or we were strung along by Chelsea and or Mats until the last minute only for them to pull up the drawbridge and say, no, sorry, I'm going to stay at Chelsea. I cannot believe that that has happened because everything I've seen from Mats and everything I've seen from Pochino is that he rates Mats and Mats wants to stay at Chelsea. Mm. And it's just weird that we've, we're in this position. You know, for me, the transfer window is still... Six, seven rather than five, six, because I do think some of the players we've signed, you know, will come good, you know, and maybe Delcroix, once he's match fit, will be a, a, that left back that we're looking for. But he's going to be a Charlie Taylor-esque left back. He's not going to be a left back who inverts or comes forward. He's going to be your typical six foot two, centre half, stroke left back. Mm. So why not use Charlie Taylor? And we've come back to Charlie Taylor again, like we keep coming back to Dale Stevens. We have. At which point, we should probably say, um, that's enough of that depressing topic, <laughs> I think. <laughs> we'll put this one in the books. 5-2 defeat to Tottenham. Let's hope we don't have another podcast like this. Let's hope in the future our podcasts are looking at positives without clutching at straws. And, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, international break now, two weeks off. And... Uh, Probably a good time. Plenty of time to put it right. Plenty of time to put it right. Exactly. Just think what happened after the last time we got beat 5-2. Sheffield United. We beat Blackburn Rovers and went on an incredible run. Top of the Premier League by Christmas. Top of the Premier League (laughs) by Christmas. There you go. We the World Cup, couldn't we? Yeah. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Um, You can follow us, as always, on social media at B-Hole Podcast. You can also lead us reviews on apple podcasts when they uh, actually download our episodes which they they belatedly did last week apologies for that but it landed eventually 
if you still didn't get a chance to listen to it, we were talking about all the uh, left-backs we were going to sign in the transfer window. Um, so it could be quite a amusing listen if you wanted to go back to that one. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, something to talk about. And uh, from everybody here, thanks very much and all the best. Mm-hmm.